quiet this stretch. By a strange coincidence, as he was afterwards and repeatedly to point out, he was startled at this very moment by a harsh, mewing cry. Funny, he thought. You don't often seem to hear seagulls at night. I suppose they go to sleep like Christians. The cry sounded again, but shortly, as if somebody had lifted the needle from a record. Moya couldn't really tell from what direction the sound had come, but he fancied it was from somewhere along the Cape Company's wharf. He had arrived at the farthest point of his beat, and he now returned. The sounds of activity about the Cape Farewell grew clear again. She was still loading. When he got back to the passageway, he found a stationary taxi wreathed in fog and looking desolate. It quite surprised him on drawing nearer to see the driver motionless over the wheel. He was so still that Moya wondered if he was asleep. However, he turned his head and peered out. Evening, mate, Moya said. Nice night to get lost in. That's no error, the driver agreed hoarsely. Here, he continued, leaning out and looking fixedly at the policeman. You seen anybody? How do you mean, seen? A skirt with a box of flowers. Uh, no, Moya said. Your fare, would it be? Oh, my fare? <laughs> half a minute at the outside, she says, and nips off lively. Half a minute, half a bloody hour, more likely. Where'd she go? Ship? asked Moya, jerking his head in the direction of the Cape Farewell. Course. Works at a flower shop. Carton round bouquets of some silly bits what'll throw them to the fishes like there's not. Look at the time. Half past eleven. Flares. Perhaps she couldn't find the recipient, P.C. Moyer ventured, using police court language out of habit. Pip, she couldn't find a flipping ship, nor yet the ruddy ocean. Pip, she's drowned, said the taxi driver in a passion. Hope it's not all that serious, I'm sure. Where's my fare coming from? Twelve and a ten had gone up, and when do I get it? Swelp me, Bob, if I don't cut me losses and sling me hook. I wouldn't do that, P.C. Moya said. Stick it a bit longer, I would. She'll be back. Tell you what, Orbin Dale's on board that ship. The TV bloke that does the Jolly On Swimsuits commercial and the Pack Up Your Troubles show. That's right. Dare say she spotted him and can't tear herself away. I go nuts over Orbindale. Silly cares, the taxi driver muttered. Why don't you stroll along to the ship and get a message up to her? What the hell should I? Come on, I'll go with you. I'm heading that way. The driver muttered indistinguishably, but he clambered out of his taxi and together they walked down the passageway. It was a longish passage and very dark, but the lighted wharf showed up mistily at the far end. When they came out, they were almost alongside the ship. Her stern loomed up through the fog with her name across it. Cape Farewell, Glasgow. Her after and amidships hatches had been shut down, and, forward, her last load was being taken. Above her lighted gangway stood a sailor, leaning over the rails. P.C. Moyer looked up at him. "'Seeing anything of a young lady who brought some flowers on board, mate?' he asked. Well, would that be about two hours back? More like half an hour. 
There's been nobody like that since I first come on, and that's eight bells. Yeah, said the driver. They must have. Well, there wasn't. I've been on duty here constant. No flowers come aboard after eight bells. PC Moyer said, Well, thanks anyway. Perhaps she's met someone on the wharf and handed them over. No flowers never came aboard with nobody. Not since when I told you. Eight bells. All right, all right, we heard, said the driver ungratefully. Bells. Are your passengers all aboard? Moya asked. Last one come aboard five minutes back. All present and correct, including Mr. Orbin Dale. You'd never pick him, though. Now he's slaughtered them whiskers. What a change. Oh, dear. The sailor made a gesture that might have indicated his chin. Or his neck. I reckon he'd do better to grow again, he said. Anyway.